Let me ask you a question. If someone wanted to access your company's devices or premises, how difficult would it be? If they had a helping hand on the inside, could they get it done? The answer is probably yes, which is why we're working with the National Protective Security Authority and the National Cybersecurity Center to share their secure innovation campaign. They can see that state actors, as well as competitors and criminals, are looking to steal from UK startups. You're probably aware that your cybersecurity needs to be rock solid, but a lot of startups forget about insider risk. Take one company the NPSA told us about who had a disgruntled member of staff. A state actor charmed them into stealing the company's flagship software, which they then took to the state-owned business instead, costing the company billions. If you want to get a better handle on your security, the Secure Innovation Campaign can help. Check out npsa.gov.uk forward slash innovation and download their free quick start guide. There's a link in the show notes. It meant that we were left with something that uh, became uh, unviable. So we obviously had to go back and explain that, uh, as I know many people have had to in different organisations, to our funders. And that, that really it was a devastating situation where we weren't able to take it forwards. That's Amanda Brock, the CEO of Open UK, which advocates for open technology like open source software. She's now firmly embedded in the startup and tech ecosystem, but it took her a decade too long to jump from her legal career to what she really craved, the risk-reward frenzy of entrepreneurship. She stayed in law too long because she'd experienced a sobering failure years ago, running an event which lost half a million pounds. Amanda spent 25 years in law, but she'd always dreamt of something more entrepreneurial. She had side projects, including running Scottish art exhibitions. Their success saw her appointed as the creative director for a big event, which she hoped would be the launchpad to leave law. We had a Scottish festival and we held it in the Inns of Court in central London. It was in the uh, Inner Temple. And we had all things Scottish, which ranged from a shopping village to a music festival to celebrity chefs in a a tent doing cooking demos, a book festival, Um, gosh, everything and anything that you can imagine. It was a huge event by content. Amanda thought the inaugural edition would be the start of an event that would happen for years to come. And it's something that I live in dread of today, which is that we ran an event and we didn't sell tickets. We got the investment, we got the venue, we did all the work to build a phenomenal event and we just did not sell tickets. Our our strategy, I suppose when I look at things like go-to-market strategies for businesses today and founders today, our strategy just wasn't right and it didn't come to fruition. And we didn't realize or we did realize and panic, but we didn't uh, execute on that realization quickly enough And we allowed it to continue to run and run without selling tickets. And by the time we got to the stage of giving them away, we were so close to the event, we just didn't get bombs on seats. And I think there are... There are different elements to that, right? There's making sure that you understand what your key deliverables are. There's knowing when to accept defeat and pivot and to to work out alternate strategies. Um, all which have been learnings for me since then, but it it does have me 
as somebody who still organizes events, sitting in dread of ever having an event with nobody there. Surely they could have got bums on seats by giving away tickets, no? We absolutely did. And we were almost dragging people in off the street. And everybody who was there had a phenomenal time because we had really created something incredibly special. But there's a, a moment in Field of Dreams, the movie. Uh, I don't know even if your audience will all know Field of Dreams. I don't know if it's iconic enough to have carried through generations. But there is a moment where there's a line and it's, if you build it, they will come. That's not true. And that was a learning for us. And I've seen it in a number of businesses and startups that I've advised over the years where they will come, but they will only come if they're aware of it. And you need to make sure that there's a way for them to be aware of it, whether that's a, you know, a comm strategy or whether that is uh, you know, getting the word out in the street yourself. I mean, it gets to a point where you are publicizing and promoting via social media, which obviously wasn't so strong back then, via other media outlets and um, streams and through networks and things in a way to ensure that your event is successful when you run an event, if you're not where you should be on ticket sales. And I think that, uh, that that's something that I've learned the hard way. You mentioned, you know, do I still do events? Uh I have an event on the 6th and 7th of February in London where I'm hoping we'll have a thousand people. It's year two. So year one was super successful. And the learning that I had from that failed event sort of 17 years ago was a big part of it where in terms of selling tickets, getting people through the door, you know, we had a very, we, we organized it very quickly, but we had a very expansive strategy. And that strategy not only involved us, but it's a community driven event but bringing in lots of people around us in a community who have a, a vested interest in it, who also want to help us promote it. The failure had a profound effect on Amanda's career. And I didn't get to continue doing something that I hoped I would be moving to do probably full time. So on a personal level, I had planned to leave law and to pursue a career in that space. In the end, I, I left law 10 years later, I think. So for me, I got my fingers burned and was less confident about making a shift that I knew I had to do. And for me, it's been a shift that's allowed me to use skills and talent that I couldn't use in the constraints of the legal profession that I was in. Um, so on a personal level, no financial problem, but... I guess, a problem in as much as I wasn't able to progress my career and didn't have the confidence for some time to go and find something else. We're not very good at failure in the UK, right? We don't really like it. If I was in the Bay Area and I was talking to people about that, they would expect me to say, yeah, I had a startup and it failed. We lost this much money, but I learned X, Y, Z from it. I won't do that again. I might make other mistakes because I'm going to push the boundaries, but I won't do that same mistake again. I've learned from it. So I can assure you there will be people at my event in May. In May, if I got the month right, I can assure you there'll be people at my event in February because we will make sure that the people are there one way or another. That's a learning, you know, job done. However, there are different things every time you iterate, every time you do something new that you have to, to watch out for and learn. And I think if you stop having at least small failures, 
you're not taking risks. And risk is something that uh, I think we're bad in the UK at failing. And I think we're bad at taking risk. And risk is almost a dirty word in the UK. And it shouldn't be. Because risk is something, it's not a gamble. It's not a problem. It's not an addiction. Uh, risk is something that we ought to be able to assess and consider. So you need to have all your facts. You need to be able to understand the implications of those facts and then make a decision that's reflective of your tolerance of risk. And I I think, ooh, that's risky, puts people off in the UK, where, ooh, that's risky, how can we make it work, is probably what they would say to you in the Bay Area. And I, I think there needs to be more of a shift in that. And I think I've... Uh, I've probably come back a bit from that being burned around the festival to be more confident about taking calculated risks. So what would she tell someone who's just experienced a failure? I think a lot of it is about understanding what the the cause of the failure was and why. Possibly not beating yourself up about it. I was just thinking, sorry, in my my head, I was sidetracking slightly. There's a Solomon Higgs, who is the or was the founder of Docker, lost a hell of a lot of money, and I think about three hundred million off the top of my head. I was talking to him in San Francisco about eight months ago, nine months ago. We were having dinner, and he was really there taking accountability and ownership for what had happened. Yet he's got a new startup dagger that's doing brilliantly, and I think that part of it is that ability to sit back and reflect and realize that some of the best people running the best businesses in the world have failed because if they haven't failed, they haven't tried hard enough. It's an inevitability. You know, you've got to grow with the jobs. Some are more lucky than others. Often when you speak to people who've done super well, they will tell you that they've had lots of lucky breaks along the way. And I I think there is a a period of time where you need to go and lick your wounds and regroup and regather your thoughts. But getting back out there, getting back on the horse quickly, which I didn't do, I think is really important. And if I was advising myself now, looking back on that all those years ago, it would have been not to have been so cautious afterwards and to have got back out into another startup more quickly. Amanda Brock, who also says there are very few things that can't be fixed apart from serious illness. Wise words. So, back yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.